This is an excerpt from Different Ways Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 11 Hello, Baby Mama. When I stepped into the cab of the truck to move to Oregon with my new boyfriend, I stepped into an entirely new level of the complications that were defining my life. It had the distinct feel of a bullet quietly rolling gently from the chamber of choices and snug into the barrel of intention. Off we went, half-cocked. The years in Oregon with the soon-to-be father of my children were an odd mixture of bar-lowering and a deeply suppressed sense of loss. I found Oregon rather archaic and backward compared to my Northern California existence. I was in, though. I had a chauffeur and a defender. He had great hair. He drove me as far as he could. He looked past my shortcomings and unfortunate surprises like my announcement, Make you coffee? I don't know how to make coffee. My orientation to making coffee involved giant urns and restaurant coffee service machines. I had zero domestic skills, and he was forced into teaching me everything he knew himself about such things and handed me over to his mother to complete my education. Eventually, he would cut his hair and give me too much leash, but not before we industriously dug a really big hole that we both would end up falling into. I had a couple of years of things slowly going south on this arrangement, but when I failed to make a decision, I ran out of time and became pregnant, conceiving in my mother's cabin on a visit in the spring. It took me four months to figure out I was pregnant. Again, clueless about my own body and what it was capable of, I was shocked over the prospect of baby manufacturing and how that worked. I was scared, too. Now sex had huge consequences. In all seriousness, I didn't like the idea, but I couldn't put my finger on any sound reason why I wouldn't or shouldn't have a baby. It seemed to come with the territory, with the belonging and the partnering. I worked at the end of the pregnancy as a waitress in a Greyhound Bus Depot restaurant in a little farming town. As with every little restaurant of this ilk, there was a contingent of regulars that acted like a Greek chorus monitoring and maintaining a commentary on all that was occurring on the premises. My being pregnant and unmarried to my boyfriend was something that the chorus could not reconcile. After railing considerably for weeks over this conundrum, one of the chorus who happened to be a pastor, volunteered to marry my boyfriend and I for free. The rest of the chorus members then began organizing their resolution and engaging another waitress to staging the nuptials. Eight and a half months pregnant, he and I were married in a trailer on the edge of town. I remember standing there taking these vows and having to suppress a hysterical laugh that threatened to overtake me as the rose ring of my mother's that was pinch-hitting as a real wedding ring was slipped onto my finger. Evidently, a clown car awaited outside, but I maintained my poise. 
I found it all hard to even wrap my mind around, though. I felt like I was sleepwalking and doing something very wicked. All my wedding Polaroids were taken strategically, showing only the top of me so as to conceal my delicate condition. It is indescribable what it feels like to make another human being in your body. One is rendered into a duality. Spirit is willfully anchored down and shackled to a body in production. There is an automatic pilot for women, it seems. It takes over. All the body chemistry conspires with nature to make the thing happen. I could occupy one part of myself, but not both simultaneously. I spent my time bouncing from the wonderment of the experience at a distance to panic over what I could not control. The making of a baby in my stomach. Mostly I watched innocently from afar, like it was a film and something happening to someone else. The drama of the actual birthing was fabulously real and enjoyable, despite the pain. I got to watch my son being born. It was a small country community hospital, and they had mirrors for the mother to observe the birth. The energy that I witnessed enter the room as he crowned was deeply moving to me. It was not long after he was placed on my chest, however, that my excitement became frightening. I had a hard time understanding my role after the baby was born. Unlike in the movies, I did not feel this automatic sweep of love I had been told I was going to feel. I felt a terrified shock, knowing something was expected of me in caring for this child, and I hadn't the faintest idea what to do. I was introduced to a new level of lifestyle panic with the birth of my son. I calmed myself in the knowledge that there must be instinctual aspects to the job that would help me. Women have been having babies for forever, right? How hard could it be? All was well until the postpartum elbowed its way into my psyche, and the resulting storm found me packing up to leave my nest with the baby to find my mother. I was, after all, a child with a child. It is a rare thing for someone to chase after me after I have left them or for them to ever return to me. I wasn't quite sure how to react when my husband followed me to my mother's, asking me to come home. I was shocked and a bit fascinated, flattered, that he bothered. I did have his son, however. I returned with him. My mother counseled me it was best. He was a nice man at heart. Everyone said so, and he was. Within weeks, I became pregnant again and bore a second son full term. Something in me snapped in the second wave of postpartum. I was feeling more desperate and demanding about things. I want our own home. No more living with your mother, he complied. I want to learn how to drive a car. I want to work, and I will need a car of my own. He complied. I recall standing at the window and watching the winch lower the engine into an old station wagon he acquired for me. I heard it in the wind, the high pitch of a siren wail from some distant time. It rustled the memory feathers of my clipped wings. Given a little power, I saw my way out. 
Soon I would have a car and a job, and I would be up and on my way. This time I would cheat on him for good measure. He wouldn't chase after me this round. I drove that little station wagon with his two babies right out of his life. I was a heartache, and I was no honest person either. I could not afford to be sincere. I was a scared woman child who could not dare admit she was afraid. No place was safe, and everywhere else was better than sitting on that harsh reality. My consequences were wedged firmly between me and any comforts I may have procured. It is easy to see all this in hindsight. Actually, at that time, I was a desperate woman living a life that was well beyond my ken, and I was about to get dosed with an experience that would crack me wide open and lead me to the benevolence of carrion. Old enough or not, babies or not, that gun was going to go off, and when it did, nothing in my life would ever be the same. Thank you for listening.